0: These are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in
1: the spoiler room.
0: And welcome, my friends, to another spoiler room. Yes, the walls are shaking, uh, but we're fine down here in the spoiler room. We're in the basement below the theater. And tonight I've got a couple of great crew members to talk the big Film that came out this weekend, the monster event film that is Godzilla King of the Monsters 2019, one of my most anticipated films for the year. And tonight, my crew with me to talk about this film that has caused a bit controversy between critics and fans. We have the diva of the spoiler room. She is with us once again. Hello, Dawn. Always a pleasure. How are you tonight?
2: Well, I'm still processing i essentially just walked out of the theater about 30 minutes ago so I'm still processing
0: oh we're getting the f- raw we're getting dawn's raw thoughts on raw thoughts on godzilla um so well i'm glad you could hop in and join us tonight i am very interested in what you think especially having seen it so fresh and uh, next to Don, we have the Bowtie Man himself. He is back with us once again, Mr. Paul Salzer. Hello, Paul. Always a pleasure. How are you today?
1: I'm doing fantastic. I, I actually watched a different movie today. I, I finally got to watch Brightburn. I know you've talked about it already. but Oh, uh,
0: Brightburn.
1: <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited about Godzilla. I was excited when it was uh, uh, announced that it was... Uh, coming out and so i'm i'm thankful that you were able to get me on your show today
0: so well i'm i'm thankful to have you on my show otherwise it'd just be me talking about this and i'm (laughs) not sure anybody would find that interesting
1: i would i would
0: (laughs) (laughs) but speaking of just a side note Brightburn was very cool lots of fun uh horror fans see it It, it's great if nothing else for the sheriff scene near the very end
1: oh my goodness yes (laughs) That was awesome. Oh, oh, lots of, lots of scenes. Lots (laughs) of great scenes.
0: Lots of scenes. But we are talking tonight of gigantic monsters. And we have just a few here from the director of Trick or Treat and Krampus, Michael Dotterey, who also co-wrote the screenplay. And uh, Paul, it's been a while since you've been here. So why don't you give us the synopsis? Okay, Godzilla, King of the Monsters.
1: Well, it's basically uh, this world where um, titans, which are what like the movie calls the kaiju, uh, they're basically starting to wake up around the world, and then you have these two alpha titans, Godzilla and Monster Zero who we already know really is not just Monster Zero, uh, they kind of battle it out to see who's going to be the, the true king of the monsters. And the, the film also has uh, appearances by Mothra, Rodan, and I think there was a Muto in there as well from the uh, yes, the first Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole slew of new titans as well. Uh, but uh, like a lot of Godzilla films, uh, this Film does center around a group of humans, and in this particular film, we have a, a family who was responsible for a device called the Orca, which is used to be able to communicate with these giant monsters. Which is kind of an interesting uh, plot device, which I, I enjoyed. So,
0: yeah, the the family was very interesting, and you know, I'm gonna put it out there right now. Part of the reason we're doing this, and yeah. I will say it. We know my stance on toxic fandom and some criticisms and expectations over what you actually get out of a film. And I will say right now that don't go by Rotten Tomatoes. That rating is bubkiss as far as, I mean, the, the critics can put in whatever they want. Look at the audience rating because this film, I don't think, is nearly as bad as everyone thinks it is especially if you put it in the context of Godzilla films, a little bit of backstory for some God knows reason. I decided to watch all 32 Toho produced Godzilla films (laughs) before this movie. And it gave me a very cool perspective on this film. And let me tell you folks, I don't think this is the worst film of Godzilla films by any stretch of the means even if it has weak human elements but we'll get into that but uh i want to get initial feelings here on the film everyone knows my feelings i love this goofy film i saw it twice and dawn i know you're still processing but coming out and you get the end credits and we'll talk about the end credit sequence as well but you just get the end credits you walk out of the theater how'd you feel about godzilla
2: the monsters were absolutely amazing They were everything I could have asked for. Uh, The monster sequences, the battle scenes, were absolutely amazing. I loved that part. There were a few suspend your disbelief moments that I really had some issues with. And yes, the human element was weak. But overall, I went there to see giant monsters and I got my giant monsters.
0: <laughs> got giant monsters. Paul, how about you? When it finished, how'd you feel uh, initially with uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters? When all was said and done, and you were on your way home,
1: the first word that came to my mind was respectful, uh, which yeah. is kind of a weird word, right, to mm-hmm. think about a film uh, because of like especially from you, uh, the the you know how much how much you know history this. This franchise has right.
0: It's insane. It's, it's, ins- it's, it's insane the history of this this character and this franchise.
1: And I just I thought it was respectful with the characters. Uh, I thought it was respectful with how they treated the monsters, how they went in, and they basically did the roars. And it was like, well, this is new but still familiar. Some of the uh, musical cues were oh. also. Oh my goodness! I was like, wow this this was it was like they did not want to they didn't want to like make the matthew broderick version of of godzilla uh they they didn't want to like piss off uh japan with this film and i think just, i think they did a i think they did a really good job and that's why that word came to my because that was the one thing i was worried about with this film is like are they going to screw it up because it, it's one thing to do one film with godzilla and not show him a lot in the film, but this movie kind of like, okay, we're going to show a lot more monsters and, and these are like well known, you know, you got Mothra, mm-hmm. Rodan, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, Monster Zero. It was just so, uh, it was so nice to see that they didn't, they didn't really like, well, we're, we're just going to make this uh, a highlight film for our special effects. No, I think they honestly went in there uh, like, thinking that we we enjoy these type of films, and this is what we got out of the films, and this is our interpretation of that, and so I felt like it was, that's what I felt like when I left the theater. It was like, yeah, this was, this was really respectful. I enjoyed it. It was fun.
0: I got what I wanted out of it. It's um, what I wanted my Godzilla film to be. I understand a bit of criticism by many out there, but And man, I hope I don't sound douchey at all. And please, folks, let me know if I do at all. But just general context, many of the people who are reviewing these films are reviewing them as if they're going in expecting a Titanic or a Shawshank or whatever. (laughs) No, I mean, they're they're reviewing them. and, And I understand it they're reviewing them by either the standard, I mean, Don. I think we mentioned it, uh, the book, you know, they're, they're going by a specific context of, of yep. they, here's, you know, how, how to make a
2: movie. This is what you do. How to right. make a good movie.
0: Here's how you make a good movie. Oh, this film doesn't fall in lines with how to make a good movie. Therefore, I know it's not very good. And then, on top of it, you add in the whole weight of Rotten Tomatoes, which they everybody knows I have a bit of a campaign against, and I showed a link that someone shared with me on a picture of a, re, a review from Uproar X uh, or uh, up Rocks whatever, <laughs> and it shows them basically stating, making the exact same observation on Avengers Endgame and Godzilla King of the Monsters, and the one they labeled as not fresh, and the other one they labeled as fresh. Oh, wow. So Rotten Tomatoes, sure, use it as a general guide, but as i always been telling people, and more and more people are realizing it now, it's not the end-all, it's not the definitive, oh, this is going to be a good movie. Not anymore. It may have when it first started. It is, it is nowhere near, though I never had much faith in it. But... That's Rotten Tomatoes. Godzilla, I tell you, I thought it was cool how they connected this with the uh, first movie, and especially with this family, the Russells, because they had a kid die because of the attack of Godzilla in the first one in 2014. And that's fully the motivation of the mother, Dr. Emma Russell, And pretty much what happens to this family, it had a big effect. So you could see they might have a bit of a grudge against Godzilla and they work for Monarch. And what I loved is, uh, Paul, they do not waste time, not just with the flashback scene of them seeing Godzilla and them having their son die. They don't waste time introducing a monster on screen. Do they?
1: No, they do not. They, they go jump right into it. Uh, uh, they, i think what they they brought mothra in first right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and it was it was yeah r- almost right away it's like I, I think maybe that were they were trying to do that with some of the criticism of the original uh godzilla for the for the legendary brand right um they they were like well we didn't get to see godzilla until like way into the movie and so like this one is like nope you could see one right away boom yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you, they waste no time in showing the monsters but before that we did get it at least a brief introduction of the russells and understand each one of them and where their family is so we think there's a bit of a twist that comes a little later on in the film but Oof. we get introduced to the russells which i think millie bobby brown is probably the best out of all the actors in this film um with her character but you could tell they turned the focus mainly to her which actually falls into some tradition of many of the Godzilla films but uh yeah. don did you like the fact that we pretty much get right away uh, some monster action not only that but the larva of mothra
2: I I did I um couple things uh I thought there was with the dysfunction in the family and with what happens in the family I thought there was a lot of foreshadowing
0: mm-hmm. going
2: on in that email that uh she was writing to her dad. Right. Um, and I was actually hoping with Mothra, when they were using the biorhythms to, to communicate water. with right. Mothra, I was actually hoping for a little more of a bonding going on there.
0: See, and from the trailer, I, I'm with you there, because from the trailer and other things that I thought, I thought for sure they were going to take the – a a psychic link of sorts or whatnot Mm -hmm. between the daughter and monsters, namely Mothra because of yeah.
2: Well, I wouldn't have thought with all the monsters, just with Mothra.
0: Well, yeah. With what my, I mean, not all the monsters, excuse me, I should say, I thought they were going to do it with Mothra. So you kind of have that tradition of a young female or whatnot in the connection with Mothra, who who is the mother of all, all, you know, the queen of all monsters, but the mother, basically the spirit of earth yeah embodied into a kaiju um and i thought they were going to go that angle but they didn't you're right a little more bonding i thought uh as well and then they had the orca device and they don't get waste time either in uh, you know introducing us to the and i'm putting in quote the villain jonah allen played by charles dance um i'm sorry
2: I'm I'm sorry. I'm I. Go the, for it. As I was watching it the whole time, I was like, "Oh my God, Tywin Lannister! What the <laughs> hell?"
0: You know, this isn't the first movie we we've had that. Um, John Wick three had um, <laughs> who was it? Uh, uh, Jorah in it?
2: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I don't remember.
0: Not not Jor- Jorah. Uh, the. Um, Uh, what's his name with the scales (laughs) and he loved Daenerys. Um,
2: Yeah. That's Jorah.
0: Jorah. Yeah. Jorah, I believe shows up (laughs) in, in Chadwick three. So, and you just can't help but go, Oh, it's, you know, those guys with those iconic roles. Yeah. It's going to be hard to shake that bit of, uh, and especially giving him the, the quote, long live the King. Um, (laughs) You're not helping. You're not helping shake that imagery of Lannister at all, Charles. Uh, <laughs> though I think that might have been a little intentional, but you're right. Um, but yeah, you're right. The dysfunction does show a bit of a foreshadowing. Not that that's bad. I mean, we get that before. I mean, in essence, this is a huge budgeted B monster film. Um, <laughs> you know, which, which bad thing. is not a bad thing, but people are making it. I'm like, this isn't a. Bad thing because this film is made purely for escapism. You're gonna have shallow characters, usually not necessarily deep characters, but they that's not the point of the humans. (laughs) I mean, the only out of the only humans you're really supposed to feel for is the Russell family, but namely, you're supposed to feel for Madison Russell, who again, played by Millie Bobby Brown, she's the out of all the human characters. I thought she was the one that you're really just supposed to connect with, and really the other human characters are just the ones she interacts around her, but she's the one that you don't want to see bad things happen to. Am I wrong on that, Dawn, or is she? I mean, the rest are kind of really just a cliche. She's the only one that I think the audience is really intended to care about
2: pretty much I mean you already have that connection with uh, Sarazawa Ken Watanabe mm. and you kind of have it was uh, uh, dr. Ling was in the first one right
0: I believe so yes
2: so you already have those uh, dr. Ling and then there was the other character whose name I'm drawing a blank on the very 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 slender woman um,
0: oh yeah. I I forgot her name. There
2: were a few people that you were supposed to already be connected with. So yeah, definitely Madison Russell was your, was your singular human aspect and everybody else kind of was just there to support her.
0: Right. And, And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think though, I don't know if it's Marvel to blame, no offense to Marvel at all, or, if it's expectations or, or how films have been made, but you know, this isn't necessarily a bad thing that you don't always have really deep characters because that's not really the main thing of this film.
2: You know, a character that I surprised me that I really, really enjoyed mm-hmm. um, uh, Dr. Rick Stanton, the Br- Bradley played by Bradley, oh, Whitford.
0: Bradley Whitford. He was, Oh cold. my
2: God, that was a great character. I, or maybe he was just a great actor.
0: It's Bradley Whitford. I mean, he's basically playing Bradley Whitford. He always does, but he does it so yeah. well. But you're right. He he loved it. That's some people have said the comedy was forced and some of it fell flat, but the majority of it was hilarious. And most of it was from him.
2: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and because he he is great at at that. Uh, Paul, what do you think? Do you think that uh one uh, that we really are only supposed to have a give a damn about Madison? And what do you think about Bradley Whitford's character?
1: Okay, so uh, I think they tried to make Madison the the center point of the humans, but I thought they did a really good job with uh, Ken Watanabe's character because it it kind of completed this huge arc. Uh, I just I loved what they did with his character. As for <laughs> I, I'm 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 gonna you guys are gonna hate me, but I did not like the Stanton character at all. Actually, no, I thought oh. yeah, I'm I'm one of those people that did think that his His comedy was a little forced.
0: Then, Um, then don't watch West Wing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I won't. (laughs) Because
0: Bradley Whitford puts similar zingers in in that as well. I see. I always liked his humor and his delivery. So
2: he, yeah, it's it's his style of of presentation, Mm -hmm. and, and I like it. But yeah, I can appreciate that you don't. That's fine.
1: Yeah. And and I can, I can appreciate that. That's, that's how he does his, you know, he's, he's familiar. And I think that's also what they wanted to, was to have that familiarity because people are like, Hey, I I, kind of relate to that. (laughs) And how about the the appearance
0: of Sally Hawkins in here as a doctor? I mean, they had a number of names in here that aren't. That
2: was the one. Sally Hawkins. She played the very, very slender woman.
0: Yes. Uh, you know, while they aren't huge names, they're known names and there's all kinds of them in here, you know, and I, I loved that. I loved how they had all of these people kind of in here uh, popping up mm-hmm. and. um Aisha uh, Hines. Huh? Hines. <laughs> yeah. Aisha Hines was great as the colonel, the military officer who mm-hmm. was kind of butting heads with the scientific nerds. Yes. Now, uh, Paul, you did mention uh, Ken Watanabe's character, yeah. Sirizawa. Do you know the significance of
1: that name? Uh, ugh, no, I don't. So you, okay.
0: You can... Dr. Ishiro Sirizawa, the last name, Sirizawa, is the name of the original? Yeah. Dr. Uh, das- Daisuke Sirizawa. And I have to apologize to everybody now. I am not trying at all to make it know-it-all. I just happened to watch 32 of these. So (laughs) I want to share to make it worth something that I sat through 32 of these (laughs) in the month of May. So I just, I want to make the most of it. But yes, Sirizawa was the name of the guy who created the oxygen weapon that killed the first Godzilla in Godzilla. In 1954. Yes. Played uh, beautifully and fantastically uh, by uh, it was uh, Ishiro uh, Kaharata. I, I, the names, I butch- butcher my own name, much less other people, so I apologize. But anyway, he was in a lot of the Godzilla Showa series, uh, usually as a villain, sometimes as a good guy. He had a patch on his eye, to which uh, it wouldn't be the last time he played a Godzilla villain with a patch on his eye, but... Looks so cool. It looks cool, but that's Ken Watanabe's, the name of his scientist was in honor of that character. And what I find interesting is, and and we're jumping around, folks, I know, but they find basically what is Atlantis um, with the the hieroglyphs of Godzilla, because Godzilla's fought King Ghidra, and, well, we'll we'll get to that. I'll I'll jump back. We'll get to that, uh, because I mentioned the oxygen device, and that shows up in here. And normally I will say yes fan service does sometimes frustrate me when you're when when they slap you in the face with it but I always I felt all the nods to the fans and everything in here felt like they were part of the plot not just inserted you know especially from the musical cues to you know character names to The weapon they use, the oxygen weapon, all of these things, to some of the other things they do to Godzilla, all of them were nods to past Godzilla films, but I never felt like they were forced. Yeah. But Maybe that's a little skewed on my part, Dawn. Were they kind of forced, or do you think all these nods uh, kind of worked because they felt like they were intended all along to be part of the movie and not just like, oh, look what we're doing?
2: Oh, they were intended all along. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't find them forced. I mean there it there's a lot there are a lot of other movies that felt more awkward with with that. And there are other <laughs> things that in the movie that did feel a little more forced than these nods. But yeah, they were intended and I think they did a pretty decent job with it.
0: Yeah, Rogue One, Rogue One. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, wow.
0: Sorry. Um, uh-huh. Oh, <coughs> got a cough there. Rogue One. Um, <laughs> what, which couple of nods did you think were forced? I, I'm curious now, Don.
2: I can't. I'm, I'm too fresh.
0: Sorry. Oh, sure. No, it's okay. I'm sorry. Uh, too, I, soon, I was too soon, Mark. Too soon. I guess it's too soon. I apologize. Uh, <laughs>
2: For specifics at the moment, I'd have to process a little further.
0: Okay, no, sure, that's cool. I'm, Paul, I'm, what,
2: still, I'm, I'm still because you mentioned it twice now, uh, dwelling on Bear, Bear McCreary's phenomenal score.
0: Yes, I was. It, it was. Oh, it was unexpected. It was. It was truly unexpected. This score, um, which is part of the nods to past. Godzilla films, Paul. What do you think of the the all the references that you caught as a Godzilla fan um, in here? Do you think they felt a little forced or shoehorned in, or did they feel like kind of natural, like it was part of the film?
1: Well, obviously, since I said this was respectful, uh, I would say that it was it was not forced. It felt like in a true nod, a respectful mm-hmm. nod. Uh, in fact, uh, when like twenty fourteen Godzilla. I was like, where's the oxygen, de- you know, where's right. that device? It, it was like, it didn't feel, I, I didn't feel as, as happy. And then when I saw this, I was like, yeah, this, this, is, this is what I expected. And it was like, but I didn't expect what was to happen <laughs> from that. It was like, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, cr-
0: <laughs> because we have our eco-terrorist folks who... Um, they've got the orca. They kidnap Emma and uh, Doctor Emma Russell and her daughter Madison. They take her to go release Monster Zero, um, <laughs> and Monster uh, Zero and Godzilla have this awesome battle. <laughs> oh my God! They have this awesome fight in the Arctic, which with people running underneath them, it was it was a beautiful thing. Although uh, Sarah uh, Hawkins, uh, Sally Hawkins, gets stepped on, um, which was a sad thing. Uh, But but later, uh, Monster Zero uh, is going to uh, Mexico because that's where uh, Rodan is, because Rodan gets released by the (laughs) eco-terrorists. And uh, eventually, of course, Godzilla shows up and he fights Rodan, rips off the neck of Rodan, which is an ode to one of the past films. And yeah, the, the humans can't really they don't want to wait too long on Godzilla. So the military decides to launch their secret weapon, which was the oxygen weapon, which I did not expect when they said that I grinned. I was (laughs) like, Oh my God, they did it. And when they released the oxygen weapon, yeah, it hurts Godzilla, but it doesn't hurt monster zero, AKA King Ghidorah. Uh, And his head actually grows back (laughs) and he becomes the alpha monster and all the other titans that ended up getting released start doing his bidding yeah um
1: they actually bow they bow
0: well, rodan bows it yes was, rodan looks like the freaking star scream oh, <laughs> thank
1: you yes did, did you feel that yes. way <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> megatron
0: <laughs> he's, he's, he's like he's totally like the the star stream of godzilla i mean it just was great to see that you know when they see a bow i'm like oh they're going all in which, <laughs> what they do at least with the monsters in this movie is they go all in um and they give them personalities which i thought was really cool they actually give the, the 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 monsters that we see the main ones that we end up getting seen which are King Ghidra, Godzilla, Mothra and Rodan they have their own personalities which i thought came across on screen really well and it was a nice thing to see because not all of the Godzilla films give the monsters personality yes you know, and, and so I really like that. Yeah, and he bows, but they had the oxygen weapon, but Ghidorah lives of and course. well, did was that a bit unexpected too, Paul, that they actually made King Ghidorah from outer space like his original origins? Was exactly that a, was that a bit of surprise? Did you expect them to maybe change that?
1: I, I did, I really did, because I thought, okay, this is this is the legendaries monster verse. They're gonna be all earth based. And they already kind of made Rodan a little bit different, but still, you know, within this earth. And I was thinking, but then then when they did that, it was like, oh yeah. And it was, you know, and it was it was that thing that it pumped me up even more. ready for the next one. It's like, okay, ring on the next kaiju. Come on, or Titan, sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> kaiju titan monster Just, let's get to another monster fight yeah. you, know, you got these human parts in between which were great not deep exactly but i enjoyed I, st- that. I thought it
1: was good i thought it was because it, uh, like okay so if, if that were to happen to you and the family thing you know <laughs> I, I would expect that kind of behavior i, I wouldn't i wouldn't like that but
0: so I've seen some criticism, and Don, I want to start with you on this, uh, uh, because uh, I've seen criticism where people are talking about, oh, the motivation of Dr. Emma Russell, who teams up with this eco-terrorist to release the kaiju one at a time with the idea that it's going to bring balance back to the Earth, and it's going to actually save the Earth by them taking out part of the human race and us learning to coexist with them. And a lot of people are ripping on that going, really? That's the stupidest idea you ever heard. <laughs> but then these same people were like, man, it's great. Thanos was going to think of cutting half the universe. <laughs> this isn't the first villain who has come up with an extreme violent way thinking they're doing good. Don, what did you think of the motivation behind Emma Russell and yeah. the Ecos?
2: I'm, I'm like, I... I... I think exactly that. Mm-hmm. I, I wondered actually how many people were gonna bitch about that that gave mad props to Thanos. <laughs> uh, that was that was actually a thought that I had. Really? And it's- and <clears throat> also it, it didn't surprise me. There's a group of people that, you know, a lot of people believe that nature's gonna take back what it gave it one way or another. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen eventually, and they were just trying to rush it along.
0: <laughs> they were, and you know, people are saying that all oh, some of these humans make the stupidest, you know, decisions. And I'm like, well, one, at its core, it's a horror film. But two, uh, which happens all the time. Uh, but two, it, this isn't the first villains who have thought they're doing good by by doing some death and destruction. Uh, Paul, how about you? What do you think of this? Uh, and, you know, the fact we've had this type of villain before, but this seems to be a sticking point with some people.
1: <laughs> I, I'm i surprised that they they were upset by that because, honestly, I had a much more shallower reason for her to do that. It was like, it's all about revenge. She just wanted somebody to take down Godzilla. So I was just... Right? So my reasoning was far worse than what they came up with the movie. At least they had something that was a little bit more honorable. Jeez. <laughs> uh
0: and, and how'd you feel with the twist too because she gives her spiel you know and i loved it uh and the jonah uh, character even drops the line of well what do you want to do now that you've told all your friends are plan <laughs> uh, she, she gives an exposition you know about it but we also find out that the daughter is actually kind of behind this yeah. how'd you feel about that paul did did you did that, surprise that was the you a surprise
1: it That was the surprise because it was like what I thought the mother's motivation was was honestly the daughter's motivation. It was like, whoa. Uh, Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) I'll go with that. It was still better than what I thought. So,
0: well, and and she spun it to the daughter a different way. Yeah, you know, and and Jonah gives her that reality check in the control room, like, how did you think this was gonna play out?
1: Ah, uh, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, and then they were going to release them one at a time, but no, no, King Ghidra put out its audio uh, alpha audio scream, and suddenly all the Titans came out to play.
1: But his his response was like. That was a shock to me, too. It was like you, you would think that the bad guy would be all pissed that that his plan went like south. But he was like, no, we, we could have we should. What What do you expect that? You know, yeah. this this is something that you should have expected this to happen. So he was like, wow, he's he's a smarter villain than I thought he was. So. He
0: was. And he rolled with it a little more. He's just like, yep Yeah. Well, that's the way it is now. We're in our bunker, so we're safe. So It's still part give, of our
1: plan. I, guess. I
0: don't give a damn. Our, our plans just kind of changed a bit, but whatever. You, you know, I kind of liked his approach. <laughs> and it gave him a little bit more of a character than just, you know, the guy who's following Emma Russell's, you know, uh, orders or, or plan or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of liked his approach to this with, with their plan kind of going awry and him just rolling with it, Don. How about you with with Jonah Allen? And uh, basically, he's a roll with a type of villain.
2: <laughs> well, you know, he got exactly what he wanted, mm-hmm. and then he disappeared from the story altogether. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. They they're like, well, no. I'm in my bunker. Monsters are running over the earth. We got plenty of supplies because I've got a small crew and this was made for a lot of people. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> he doesn't show up later in some surprise ooh or ah moment or whatnot until the end credit sequence. But, yeah, yeah. you're right. He he kind of fades away, which is fine because it really turns soon to the Emma Russell character then. And what she's done... And her intentions versus what actually has happened, um, which, you know, following her arc, it made sense what she ended up doing. She kind of had to do that because you let's face it, Don, right? You don't want her character really to live at the end. No, no matter what. Do no. you? <laughs> no. They, they set that up well. So, I mean, you knew she was going to buy it at some point in the film. Um.
2: They, they really did. There was no going back for her. She intended to let them out, let the Kaiju out, or I'm sorry, the Titans out one at a time <laughs> so she could slowly get used to the idea of mass genocide across the world um, and feel a little less guilty because she'd get used to it slowly. But boom, they all got let out and now there was no going back yeah I don't know how many I don't care how many tears she was crying in her little cup of coffee <laughs>
0: <laughs> even the sacrifice at the end where they get the orca and and she lures Gidra away from Godzilla, which we'll talk about this final battle in a minute, but she basically does that and she gets a little moment of redemption, but also it gets her uh her bill paid, basically <laughs> the the racking up of uh uh since she did uh, ends up getting paid for uh in a slightly different way I thought she was going to get munched by uh King Gidra but she doesn't no she doesn't get eaten but she still she still pretty much gets vaporized uh, so that that's a good thing Paul how about you did you feel that uh yeah Emma Russell deserved to to buy it in some fashion in the film
1: she did but I'm I'm a sucker for the redemption arc and I was like, you know, ultimately though she had to die to fully be redeemed. I think, like you guys, oh, but ugh, I was, I did feel it, it was like, oh, she's she's doing this to save her family. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. She did, but
1: uh, was I know it, it wasn't enough for some people.
0: No, it wasn't. I mean, we we've were you know, she was pretty much making kind of the bad decisions from the beginning yeah. that caused people and, to die.
1: I, I'm I'm the type of guy though if the if if the person said I'm sorry, that that's probably enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's she horrible. Wasn't sorry. She what?
2: really wasn't sorry until it was her own daughter in the flying fire.
1: That's true. It's really very true. Sorry.
0: You're right. She really didn't care. She was just like, oh, well. And then all of a sudden, oh, wait, where's my daughter? Oh, wait, she's gone to Fenway Park to release the sound of the orca to stop the titans from attacking everything.
1: Which was her plan, too. So she could have actually gone through with her own plan, but no. (laughs) Yeah, she was going to do it,
0: but she didn't. But then she didn't. Yeah. Right. She talked about it because Jonah kind of convinced her not to, sort of. He's. He's yeah, good that it, way. He's good that way. He's good that way. But <laughs> <laughs> so we get our Emma Russell arc throughout this. Aww. um which you know, she ends up dying. Oh uh, you know, Maddie uh, Russell ends up being a smart child. Yay, we've got a smart kid, yay. Um, you know, so I liked her throughout this. Then the dad, though, was just kind of there. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I feel kind of bad, but Mark Russell's character, I mean, he had the oh. No, they're doing this he was kind of the smart guy in the room after sirazara sirizawa uh leaves the picture um it, you know he's the guy with the answers but at the same time i'm like i i don't care about the dad and i should really but
1: I don't
0: <laughs> you know he's just the guy with the answers but uh, i don't know i just i didn't quite feel that with him did paul how about you with the doctor with mark russell character did you feeling thing or did you care he was
1: he, well i i did and then but he was very much a plot tool uh because yeah. he had he had he had to be the guy that comes up with the oh you know, like his one job throughout the entire the thing that they brought him for he didn't solve until like toward the very end of the film it's like oh now i know what that sound is that voice you know that that the sound that his wife used to make the orca work—it's humans.
0: <laughs> Human humans with Godzilla combined yes. make it's a alpha proper, a proper dominant alpha wave sound to control the titans.
1: Because so. it made the titans think that you were an alpha. <laughs> I love right. it. Right, exactly. You know,
0: it, it, I loved it. You know, you, you did have that great line in there by Stanton who goes, oh, that makes sense for a bunch of cranky, horny carnivores.
1: <laughs> Something along But that uh, otherwise, I didn't think that he, he, yeah, he really, there were a lot of other characters that could have fulfilled his roles <laughs> throughout the film.
0: Yeah, they, they. he was there just to kind of move the plot. You'd see him the same way, Don, with Mark Russell, the dad, is he was just kind of there to, to, to point the obvious out to people.
2: <laughs> Very much. And yeah. I like like Paul said, a plot device, something to cause further dissension between Emma and Madison.
0: Right, because Madison loves both, uh, but she kind of think you know feels a little more sympathy towards her dad because he was an alcoholic after uh, Andrew died. Which you actually get this one moment of character development for him on a plane where he talks about how he turned into a drunk and that's why they were separate uh they got divorced um so yeah but he is mostly a plot device whereas Ken Watanabe's uh Serizawa wasn't mm-hmm. though he's not in there the whole time but his name as i mentioned before and i'm bringing it up again as paul mentioned is respect his name attached to this type of character he has a similar fate to the previous Sirizawa. kind of um because we get Godzilla who got his they hit the oxygenator weapon, and it actually was successful in hurting Godzilla, not Ghidra, though. And so they're wondering where Godzilla was. And as I mentioned before, we go down to Atlantis, where they find this is where Godzilla actually recharges. He finds a thermal vent. It's kind of a, a, a access to the chunk to the you know core of the Earth. He got radiation where he charges, but they realize it could take years before he gets resorted. You know, re- recharged so uh, mark russell uh, decides you know how many nukes do we have and of course the plot device so he comes up with it so <laughs> Sirizawa, because they can't just launch it in there uh decides to take the nuclear warhead they have up close and personal to godzilla to recharge him but of course realizing this is a suicide mission and much like the original Sirizawa, he uh, sacrifices himself. But Dawn, how'd you feel about this scene with Sirizawa and Godzilla? I, I thought it was per- personally a bit poignant, but if I use the word correctly, and if not, I apologize. But what'd would, would you think about this? Did you think it was not needed or did you, did you like how this played out?
2: This is one of those moments that I felt was one of those suspend your disbelief moments mm-hmm. that, I struggled through, oh okay, because the reason they couldn't send the uh, uh, nukes the reason not not the nukes they couldn't uh. send they couldn't fire the nukes because the the firing mechanism was damaged right they also couldn't send a drone in there with the nukes because the heat and the radiation would fry the drones right. so They sent Ken be in there. And his machine failed because of the radiation and the and the um,
1: right. heat
2: and the heat. But he was able to carry this heavy nuke up a huge flight of stairs.
1: They injected him with something though.
2: Mask and gloves. Yeah. And wa- and uh, set the new nu- uh, set the timer for the nuke to detonate, and then walk over and pet Godzilla. Without melting or frying.
0: Well, yeah, you're right, Paul. I they
2: did one of those suspend your disbelief moments that I struggled with because it didn't make sense for the reason they had to send him.
0: Well, <laughs> they they did inject him with some isotope something or other. You're right, Paul. They injected him with something that was supposed to help anyway. Yeah.
1: But it would wow. it it wouldn't like Don said. It just you have to suspend your disbelief because if it was able to take out electronics that that quickly, it, it should have wreaked. Have you know that isotope should have like he should have stumbled his way. He couldn't have carried that heavy nuke up the thing. So yeah, but I mean they put the line in there to like okay yeah 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 that's that's good enough. That's good enough a good
2: enough reason. Helix in the mix, I think, is the quote that
1: that he said. <laughs>
0: they put what?
2: I Think he said it was helix. I don't know what the hell
0: it is. Yeah, I don't know. It was something. It's
2: yeah. it's it's Titan DNA. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> no, that he'd have a complete.
2: Then they nuked Atlantis,
0: and then, they, <laughs> then they nuked Atlantis. Yes, um, you know, I totally get it, Dawn, and you are absolutely right. It was one where my brain for a moment went, There's not any other way you could possibly. Do this, and how is he surviving? But then my brain was like, "Ah, just roll with it." You're right; suspend your disbelief. It's probably the most uh, extreme part where you have to suspend your disbelief, though. I I thought it was a great moment. Yeah, it was a nice send up. It is completely ridiculous. I I love this movie. Gave it five stubs. All kinds. I've seen it twice. And I've,
2: that, that would have been a scene in one of the, in one of the fifties movies, it right? the same reasoning in one of the fifties movies, which is why, again, you just suspend your disbelief.
1: Right. But, I mean, if, if you wanted to, I, I know this is kind of pushing the, the plot, you know, the, the, this is, this is my mind, this is my mind theater. I'm writing the plot is the fact that okay so Godzilla is absorbing radiation around him so the closer he got to Godzilla the easier it was for him because Godzilla is actually absorbing all the radiation so there wasn't any radiation near Godzilla but toward the entrance farthest away from him there was enough radiation to take out all of the drones take out all of the the equipment so i mean if again this is what i was thinking I mean you could think in that way, but I you know they don't
0: mind. state that in the film. They don't state it. Yeah. They
1: don't state it's it at been all.
0: Established in the film. Though they do talk about hollow earth, the great conspiracy theory of uh hundreds of thousands of tunnels under the crust of the earth that are used to transport anywhere around. That's how they explained how Godzilla gets around is using these, which I just loved. I'm like, boy, they're just going all in. Um, why not? Why not? That's the thing is, that's the way this film was, is like, why not? And that's what I loved about its spirit is, you know, Sirizawa takes his radiation stuff off and pets Godzilla. And I'm like, why not? Sure. Okay. You know what? We're dealing with a movie that's got these huge monsters and stuff in it. At this point, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm radiation. Let's face it, folks, you all have seen enough movies where movies play around with the actual effects of radiation uh loosely, very loosely or, or you know how they set things up. um but I totally get the trying to suspend it and how difficult it was because you you're sitting there with all these smart people they they can't quite think of another way to juice Godzilla even if it's not like right up close, close enough to him. You're telling me that wouldn't have been enough. <laughs> <laughs> we get that but then we also get that awesome scene and then i think back to you know it's not the first time we've either had a ridiculous scene that you, you just really got to suspend your disbelief i'm looking at you pirates of the Caribbean and uh the captain who's walking on his ship as it's getting completely obliterated by cannonballs and he doesn't get hit by a single piece of debris um you, you know action films we we get that in here and i'm not saying it's good you know that's a good thing necessarily but i i enjoyed the scene but i completely understand the difficulty of suspending your disbelief because even i went couldn't you done it another way uh you know i mean the one probe lasted long enough to get a look at godzilla so you know but i mean uh, i
2: get it i i i could they have done done it a different way to get Ken Watanabe up close and personal with Godzilla? That's the real question.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I I think maybe they could have um, not die or sacrifice, could have got him up close to the Godzilla, uh, but not necessarily die though. They could have, after Godzilla gets juiced, you get that awesome shot of him coming out of the water. um, And they could have had him You know, get real up close with the doctor that way. I don't know. Instead Um, of dad, yeah, but they did have him sacrifice because again, he is Sirizawa, and it was a nod to the Sirizawa in the first film who sacrificed himself uh, that in that time to kill Godzilla. This time around, it's to save Godzilla, (laughs) (laughs)
1: which which it had one of my favorite lines in the film as well, is when he when he basically. You know, pets him and says goodbye, old friend. I thought that was just like, wow, that's kind of cool. It was. No, it was a great moment. It was one of
0: those, yeah, you gotta suspend your disbelief, but regardless of the context or whatnot, uh, it's a beautiful shot scene. In fact, all the cinematography in this film was was just awesome, I thought. Uh handled really well, got you the scope of the monsters. Uh, replicated some really classic scenes from Godzilla and made for a phenomenal finale third act where it's just balls-to-the-wall monster action, Um, ah, including Mothra. Mothra was so beautiful. Can we talk about Mothra a little bit? Because I loved what they did with Mothra in this. I understood. And first in the trailer, it was like, oh, they gave her a little bit more of a... a Bug body, and you know, I understand it's not necessarily the more standard body, but Dawn, what did you think of Mothra in this film?
2: I loved Mothra, I think that she was one of the best parts.
0: Did it surprise you a little bit that they actually went with? I mean, I guess you could tell by this point in time with the film taking more traditional approach with some of the monsters, but still, did it surprise you for a modern film like this to to take the approach they did with Mothra and basically keeping to her origins and her, her style of spirituality and the the pollen and all of that. Did, did it surprise you a little bit? Did you like that?
2: It didn't really surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like it. Um, and they were again, from with that first scene with that, uh, the beginnings of that connection, you need right. that that was hinting at that spirituality right there. And then, of course, when she hatched from her, or when she emerged from her cocoon, that was all very in line with that. You could tell where they were going. So, no, that was great.
0: Uh, she was. And that was a beautiful scene. That's one of my favorite shots, as she comes out of the cocoon under the waterfall. Oh, man. I, I was like, ah... Um, And they even give an ode subtly to the twins, and I was wondering if they were going to do that because, especially for your modern audience, presenting two miniature people who can fit inside a box, who are spokespersons for Mothra, basically that they're however you want to call them, either the Cosmos as they were referred to, I think, in the Millennium series, or uh, you know the uh, Shinjob uh, twins. Or, you know, however you want to refer to them, I thought it was a great nod that they had the doctor who was played both characters, Ian Chen and Dr. Ling, were both played by uh, uh, the uh, actress Zhang. Um, I liked that nod because it was nice enough to where it was almost felt realistic. And at the same time, you didn't have quite to have to suspend your belief about little people. <laughs> uh, you know Paul you you mentioned respectful what'd you think of that did you think that was a nice respectful nod yeah the they, and it, it kept
1: it it kept it very real like you were saying so it wasn't it wasn't too far-fetched and and I think sometimes uh an un I can't, I can't say uneducated uh the uh an audience that hasn't watched any of the older films probably right. wouldn't have understood that whole' like like why do they have tiny people <laughs> I, I don't understand is this is this is this some kind of translation thing it's like no and so yeah you're right it they did a good job with uh having the the two um i <coughs> i i honestly was it was a bit confusing to me though i was like well is is she the mother <laughs> you know, I was I was a little confused at first, and then when she started to talk about her backstory, I was like, "Well, oh no, well, maybe she is a mother." I, I wasn't sure, uh, and so that was a little bit confusing. But I, I I liked what they did better than if they would have introduced tiny female <laughs> little
0: people. tiny little tiny yeah. female people.
1: Um, uh, I, I love the fact that they they. So one one of the things that I always liked about Mothra was the the wings and the eyes. And it was always made me think about, you know, it's things that you remember. And they they really did have that in there. And I, I really appreciate that they they did something with that. And and I liked I liked that about Mothra and so forth. So
0: Yeah, what I too? I did too. And I, I as I mentioned before, I love the fact I did not expect us to actually get larva Mothra mm. and actually have her go through her stages. That was cool. You know, that was like, really cool. I was like, wow, that that's impressive. They actually did that. And, Dawn, do you think that what they did with the twins as a nod to the original twins uh, was it worked better here than maybe presenting two little people that could fit in a box? Oh,
2: oh definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, um, oh, Paul mentioned the eyes. Did the eyes on Mothra's wings uh, look like Godzilla's eyes to you guys?
1: Yes. Yes, yeah. I think sure. it was intended. Yes,
0: just a little bit. Yeah, because they were connected. And, you know, f- we get Mothra. She's the one that leads the humans when she t- takes her f- moth form, which is just gorgeous. Um She's the one that leads the humans to where Godzilla actually is. And he gets all juiced up. And she actually gets a little bit of a fight because uh, King Ghidra yeah, it gets drawn by the Orca thanks to Maddie, who wants to just stop the Titans from attacking everybody. So Monster Zero shows up at uh, Fenway Park Mm-mm. and goes after Maddie, and just in time, Juiced Godzilla shows up. And so then Mothra we see show up in Bastin, and as Godzilla and, and King Deidre are are just duking it out in this fucking wonderful monster fight, which I was just rocking in my seat, and my son, without turning away from the screen, put his hand out and put his hand on my shoulder like, Dad, Dad, calm down now. I didn't say it, but he held me back a little because I was rocking in my seat with glee as Godzilla and Ghidra just fought it out. And Mothra comes in, but then Starscream shows up.
1: Yes, like Starscream does. (laughs) Like Starscream
0: does. Rodan shows up and attacks Mothra. And yeah, I loved the fact that they were able to work Mothra into the battle. Uh, she was kicking ass too. She was she was holding her own. They gave Rodan a new ability, which was kind of a, a fire ability, which I liked. He was more than just wind. Um, which before people complain about that, folks, this isn't the first time they've given monsters new abilities. Uh, it happens in every series, you know. Uh, and and I like the fact that they got Mothra into it and fighting Rodan, and it just added to this just wild third act. Don, what would you think about this whole final monster battle? It,
2: it was very, it was very intense. They did. It was visually stunning, and it was very intense
0: and and did you feel like you could actually feel a bit of personality from the monsters uh, especially in this fight at all that it wasn't just all like brainless monsters like they actually kind of had their own little personalities
2: yeah yeah you could definitely well you could tell more from I, I think they focused more on Mothra and Godzilla than um, King Ghidra or Rodan but yeah you could tell you, they definitely had distinct possibilities. You know, Vading, mm-hmm. Conqueror, King Ghidra, uh, the the Earth's Mightiest Defender. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, wow. Well, there was no Godzuki, so we're okay. <laughs> oh, oh God.
2: And then Rodan just seemed like a wild card. He just seemed to want to fight, and it didn't really matter for which side.
0: Oh, Rodan? Yeah. Yeah, he was He he did seem like that. He was a little wild eyed. Um I did like the fight between him and Mothra and Mothra pulling out the hidden stinger, which that actually
1: awesome.
0: you, did you like that, oh. Don? <laughs> oh, my you, would,
2: favorite part. My favorite was, part was yeah. where uh King Ghidra ate all the electric all the electricity. <laughs> yeah. And then spread his wings and just went, went, (laughs) (laughs) wah!
0: I I know. That was such a visual. Just awesome. He did that to help get rid of all the humans who were helping attack him along with Godzilla. Because they were working with Godzilla this time around. Um, And yeah, he did the electrical attack. Which falls in line with what has happened with King Ghidra in the past. um, With electricity. Uh you, you know, he that's that's not out of the realm of something we haven't seen before from the big monster, but it looked awesome, it was a great shot. And you even see you get to see Godzilla get knocked back a bit. Um, and yeah, Mothra taking out Rodan. Um w- at least I was hoping. Here's what I thought was interesting with Mothra, and someone I was having this discussion with someone, um Mothra doesn't actually kill in this film injures mm-hmm. but i don't think even as larva she killed paul am i wrong in that or she, she doesn't actually kill in this No, film.
1: i think she she like uh silk them to the wall mm-hmm. uh or you know the the humans and as for the monsters no i think rodan did survive uh at the end well,
0: he does. Uh, he shows up yeah. at the end, but she doesn't... She, even fighting Rodan, she doesn't kill him because she's the spirit of Earth and life. Right. And I thought that was interesting because at first I'm like, Rodan shows up at the end like, wait, didn't she kill him? And he's like, no, she only stabbed him in the just shoulder to get him off of her.
1: Yeah, back off, man.
0: You know, and then, yeah, Ghidra does his electrical, his electric buzz, which knocks Godzilla back on his ass. And then we get that shot of Mothra crawling up to Godzilla and actually protecting Godzilla, mm-hmm. um, and then sacrifices herself to give Godzilla a boost. Yeah, Don, Don, how'd you what'd you think about this with Mothra and making her sacrifice?
2: That's what she does. Mm-hmm. That's that's the relationship. She she. Um, she protects that she protects him, the defender. She, she's like a Phoenix that way, a Phoenix moth.
0: Right. Because, uh, just like in past Mothra's we get and uh, during the credit montage at the end, we get a notice that there's another egg that's appears. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. Mothra's a, a Phoenix. She, there's always that circular pattern and here she sacrifices herself and gets dusted, And her dust falls on Godzilla and gives him another juiced boost. And before (laughs) people throw a, oh my God, come on, she did the exact same thing, only the opposite way in uh, Godzilla. uh, Was it uh, Godzilla, Mothra, and Ghidra, giant monsters all out attack? God, I love Japanese titles. Um, (laughs) She does the same thing only it was Ghidra because Godzilla was the bad guy and Ghidra for once was actually a good guy in that movie. And she ends up dying and same thing happens. So yet another nod to the fans about <laughs> with the behavior of your monsters. Um, And then there's at least one more nod in here, which we'll talk about in a minute. But so she juices Godzilla, the humans, they go find Maddie who ran off back to home and they find her and it's like, ah, and then, yeah, we get Juiced Godzilla, who's all red and fiery. And Paul, what'd you think of this final form of Godzilla? Did you did you reminded feel- me of
1: Shin Godzilla? Actually,
0: remember that. Re- yeah. Oh yeah, no, I just I had just yeah. watched Shin Godzilla. It reminds me of Shin Godzilla a little bit. What it reminded me more of though, yeah. because he was glowing red in the chest and, and everything, mm-hmm. and he was going super critical. It's the Godzilla nod to Godzilla versus Destroya
1: Oh, okay.
0: The last film in the uh uh was it the uh Heisei series was Godzilla versus Destroya. And in that one, his heart goes, is going critical. Uh, and he is basically on the verge of nuclear meltdown. Mm-hmm. And he had a similar to where most of his body was glowing red like that. And his attack was also awesome that the just the Explosion. nuclear, nuclear uh, shockwave basically to annihilate the regenerating Ghidra and, and vaporizes him and Don, what'd you think of this final form of Godzilla and how he finally ends King Ghidra?
2: Oh, I thought it was fantastic. It actually reminded me of the video game.
0: Yeah. Uh, w- well, which uh, the monster, the all out monster, the monsters uh, melee? Godzilla? Yes. or Yeah. Which my kids play constantly uh, still on the GameCube. And my son kicks everybody's ass with Megalon, which is kind of embarrassing. Um, but true. He he k- kicks everybody's butt with Megalon, uh, who didn't show up in this one, folks. Neither did Jaguar, so don't worry there. Uh, but yes, Godzilla shows up and he he nukes the regenerative Ghidra to keep him from regenerating, and he becomes the king of the monsters. Uh, I... And then we get a fairly cool cover of Go Go Godzilla. During the credit montage, which it fills in all the uh, how the humans are actually working you know, uh, being uh, kind of working uh, living uh, together uh, trying to live in in, in harmony or at least in less destructiveness. Uh, <laughs> which they also hint at Godzilla versus King Kong, which is coming up next. Yeah. Um, how'd you feel? And and we'll wrap it up here, but Paul. I know how you like your superheroes. Mm-hmm. Surprised me, you went to see *Brightburn*. So I know, I, right? Mad, mad respect there because it's horror. I get it. So, <laughs> but what did you think of the change of Godzilla to def- defending humanity versus being the villain? Because I saw someone complain about that, and I had to point out that this <laughs> is not this is not the first time. First,
1: oh, yeah, exactly. Oh <laughs> my goodness! But I, would you? What'd you sure. think of that? I uh, know I loved it. I loved it. He was he was. So yeah, he he went from being the force of nature to Earth's defender, and that was that was that was okay for me. I love that. Ah.
0: <laughs> well, and we get to see the other Titans at the end too, bowing to him like. Uh, yeah. You know. Well, that's the,
1: cool. That's just the, cool to see other Titanic type creatures going like. Yeah, we know you're the man. <laughs> Yeah.
0: I thought for sure he was going to kill Rodan. I so wanted him to atomic blast Rodan. Just,
1: <laughs> just, just he, he turns his head and goes,
0: <laughs> he looked at everybody else. And then Rodan shows up and looks him in the eye and then, then bowls and does, like you said, I literally heard Starscream's voice when he <laughs> said that. And I'm like, dude, flame him, flame him. And he didn't. I'm like, oh. And <laughs> Don, what'd you feel about the heel turn of sorts for Godzilla of being actually a good guy?
2: See, I always always thought he was more the good guy than the bad guy. Mm -hmm. The bad guy was more incidental because um, the force of nature is not always... Godzilla is more about the balance of nature. Right. aren't always good for nature. Mm -hmm. So I always kind of thought he was the good guy, even when he wasn't defending humans.
0: Yeah, you you're right. It just so happens he's this time on the side of the humans and in fact you even get that one line where uh Stanton sa- uh, says, "Wow, I'm glad he's on our side." And then uh Dr. Chang goes, "Yeah, for now." <laughs> like, you know, at any moment he could just say, "No, you guys are ruining the planet. I'm going to kill you all." And then be the bad guy again. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean, I I
2: it's Nature's Defender.
0: He's nature's defender, yes. And they've even played that before in the uh, Millennium Series a bit because Godzilla got turned to be a bad guy again after uh, Return of Godzilla, Godzilla 1985. He was the bad guy again. And the other monsters in that were just as bad or worse than him. And he only fought them because they were on his turf more so than him defending humans. He didn't really give a rat's ass. (laughs) Uh, But they kind of (laughs) turned him later (laughs) on. what
1: he <laughs> probably doesn't even notice us half the time.
0: It's no, like- you know, they they did kind of turn him somewhat back to a good guy later on near the end of the series. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I like the idea that it, he's kind of an enigma to where he, he'll be good to humanity until humanity he thinks humanity needs a spanking and then he'll just be like, "No, here's my atomic breath." Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, yeah. So I could just say I'm looking forward to uh, Godzilla versus Kong uh, after seeing what they did here. This film is getting ripped by critics, but loved by many, many fans. And some fans out there aren't. Some are saying it's stupid, dull, and boring. I think people have forgotten escapism entertainment. <laughs> and this is, this is truly one of those where it's just a visual spectacle of fun and big monsters fighting each other i mean i got what i wanted out of it it delivered that's for sure you know i mean it's like pacific rim i i really the humans okay great you got a human storyline in here i want to see big fucking robots fight big fucking monsters and that's what i got and in here i wanted to see godzilla fight a whole bunch of monsters and we did yeah you know um the human element sure could have done, used more development, but still, I'm looking forward to uh, Kong versus Godzilla. And what did you think of the end credit sequence? Which there is one, folks. Mm. Don, how'd you feel about the end credit sequence? And do you want a mecha Gidra in the next film? Yes. <laughs> Do you think that's what they're going with it? Because we find that there's a guy, the Ghidra head from the first attack that Godzilla and Gidra had in, in Mexico. Uh, do you think they might be might try to lean towards a, a Mecha Gidra?
2: They'd be foolish not to.
0: Yeah, because that's pretty much what happened with Mecha Gidra is uh, that or Mecha Godzilla in some way. Um, that would be cool too. Uh, either one, a Mecha of sorts, I think is the next step in this film outside of, uh, of course, Kong and Godzilla going at it. Um, what about you, Paul? Mecha, God, uh, mecha Ghidra, do you want to see it? Or do you think maybe they'll lean towards a Mecha Godzilla?
1: I uh, want to see Mecha uh, Ghidra because of the fact that if they do Kong and um, and Godzilla, I yes. don't want them to be, you know, Bumping heads throughout the entire movie, because it's just like, well, no, I like both of them. I don't know <laughs> who's gonna win. You got to get somebody else that's gonna be in there, and they'll both like team up on that dude, and I'll feel happy. Well, according
0: to uh, Michael Dodory, who I believe is also directing uh, Kong versus Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong. I'm not. I forgot exactly how they're naming it. In any case, he says there will be a definitive winner.
1: Ugh. Yeah, in 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 both different countries, they'll come up with their own version, right? Ah, that was a face. That was a falsehood. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm. Just, that's what they're going to do. I well, don't care yeah. if it was. Yeah,
0: that that was not exactly how it actually what they did with the Godzilla versus King Kong. There weren't actually two endings. Yeah, Let, but I
1: mean, that's what they'll do here.
0: Oh, you think they'll that they'll do that here? Either have Godzilla or Kong win, depending. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I think the way he phrased it, he said, Don't worry, there is a definitive winner. I don't think that means they're gonna necessarily kill each other. Because mm-hmm. he didn't say, you know, die or one will die or whatnot. It, he it's so Freddy
1: know, versus Jason ending.
0: Possibly. <laughs> See, the way I thought it would go is Kong and Godzilla fight for first chunk of the film, and then a big beat big meanie comes up. Kirk, and possibly a Mechagedra. And uh, those two end up fighting against that one. You know, against the big beastie uh, villain that shows up. See, that's what I want. <laughs> and That's that's kind of what I want, but I don't know if it's going to go that angle. Don, what about you for uh, Godzilla versus Kong? W- would you like to see it that way, or do you just want to see uh, Kong and Godzilla go at it?
2: No, I want to see them. I want to see them team up. Yeah, against something much worse.
0: <laughs> and I think with this end credit sequence that we get, we will. You know, I I honestly think that they are going to have something to where they're they're fighting, and then they end up showing up because. Well, now I don't see Jonas sh- uh, credited, but of course they might not for a a. Uh, you know, secret casting or whatever, but I don't see him on the IMDB page uh, directly, but that doesn't mean that he's not actually going to show up in a cameo or something, or that he will show up later. Uh, so we'll have to see. I don't know. I, I'd like to see them fight, and then maybe there's a definitive winner, uh, but then the big meanie shows up, and one of them, whoever was the winner, takes on the big meanie but can't quite cope so uh, the other one comes in then and helps, you know, and then we get the Hulk Hogan, uh, Macho Man moment where they shake yes, hands and yes. they start playing, you know, and then we get the Mega Force. So uh, or whatever it was. Uh, uh, Roddy
1: Roddy Piper. Come, no, just kidding.
0: No, <laughs> uh, I forget the, the Mega Powers, I think it was, they were called. I forgot what their tag team was called, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one, especially if they take it in a similar direction as this and you mentioned it before Paul. Don, I think you mentioned this score in this film. You know, I I'm a huge you guys know, I'm a huge soundtrack guy. When they show Mothra and they pop that Mothra theme, I was like, "Oh, dude." <laughs> and then we get the Godzilla theme and I'm like, "Oh my god. I'm like sitting here going, this music
1: rocks." Is is it bad that in the movie when those things popped up, I was gonna, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was Mark's gonna love this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it might be a bad thing. I think. Can, <laughs> I think in some countries that might be bad, but yeah, yeah, when that when those traditional original themes showed up, I'm like, oh hell yeah! That's when I truly knew this was being made by people who were fans of the f- the franchise. And they were making something that was kind of the equivalent of a Marvel film or a DC film or whatever a huge franchise film where they put nods or links or show, you know, to something that links to the comics like Infinity War. They actually have the scene where, you know, Captain America says Hail Hydra, mm. you know, which a lot of comic fans just pop like, oh, my God. I mean, for me, this was the hail for for, for those out there who are Marvel fans. This was the Hail Hydra for me, was when the Mothra theme played in the music and it was actually the theme and recognizable. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, and then, of course, Godzilla's theme and, and that whole. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So, yeah, I don't know. I was satisfied. I got what I wanted out of it. It's a popcorn escape film. And we'll go down for your final uh, recommendation. Would you recommend it to average uh, goer, action film goer, or uh, Godzilla fan only? Uh, so, Don, go ahead. And which would it be? W- would you recommend this to to a lot of people, or or specifically to just Godzilla fans?
2: I'd recognize. I would recommend this to anybody who likes monster films.
0: There you go. Yeah. And it's an escape film. It really is. Uh, but yes, uh, definitely if you like monster films. And uh, Paul, how about you? Uh, who would you recommend it to? Anybody? Action fans? Uh,
1: just Godzilla fans? Hmm. Uh, I would say superhero fans because of the Infinity Gauntlet. No, uh, I would actually say that I would uh, give this to any anybody in the general public because they did a, a very decent job of keeping it... Uh, they, they were they were nods. They weren't they weren't they weren't pushing your face. And it wasn't like oh, it, it wasn't a fan service film. It was just simple nods that did not ruin the film. So the general public who has never seen any Godzilla film, you might want to see the the 2014 Godzilla. Um, and they don't. Yeah, necessarily you don't need it. it. You don't need it. But it it you you might do that. But yeah, so general public would be very, very fine with this. They don't have to watch 31 or so. What do you, episodes. What, do
0: you, what, do you what are you trying to say, Paul? That, that what you, they what, don't what are you trying to say, Paul? <laughs> are, you, are you saying that maybe I went a little overboard by watching all 32 Godzilla films beforehand? Huh?
1: Don, no? Don, protect me, protect no? me.
0: <laughs> huh? <laughs> You're saying it's all for naught? Huh? <laughs> oh, that's it hold on i'm just firing up my atomic breath now ah, it, i'm melting <laughs> oh no it's it's gonna take a while at least oh. at least an hour it's oh. I'm, I'm working on it you know right now it's more like a godzilla son of godzilla smoke ring
1: Smokey. <laughs>
0: after an hour it's like oh, oh, oh. you know and so yeah but it'll get there one day my atomic breath. So uh, <laughs> no, I agree. Anyone could actually go into this film and watch it and you won't get lost. Mm-hmm. You might miss some of the nods, but the way they set up this writing, it's similar to many of the other Godzilla films because not many Godzilla films actually fall a follow a consistent timeline, except if it was a Mecha Godzilla film, those usually were in pairs. But the rest of the films, you could usually watch one. And not have to watch the others. And that's how this is written. It is done in that spirit of the Godzilla films to where they have the similar characters. They have similar setup. They have familiar things in here that if you've watched the series, you will pick up on instantly. But you don't need to know those things to enjoy this film. I recommend it to everybody as well. If you're looking for, if you've had a crappy day and you just need something to escape, to just sit down and enjoy the insanity, this is definitely one of those films. You just escape the real world for a while and enjoy the fact we once again have on the big screen big freaking monsters that looked awesome. Um, you know, and yeah, uh, I just, I was curious, I know we're going a little late, but I just was curious, name your favorite moment in the film. If you have one, Paul, what was your favorite moment or scene or shot in the film?
1: It was, it was the scene. And and this is, this is the scene that, that solidified it for me. Uh, they showed it in the trailer where Godzilla is in the city of Boston and he's running up to monster zero and just watching him with the, all that power behind him. And that scene was just like, God, I need to see this film. and they, Because it was so impressive.
0: It was edited and well cut to where you actually got excited to waiting for these two to collide. Oh my God, it, yes. It was handled so well. Don, did you have a favorite scene or moment at all in, in this film?
2: I already mentioned my favorite shot. The one with... King Ghidra when he absorbed all
0: the... Oh, yes, with the electricity. That's right, you did, Uh, which is an awesome shot. Um, For me, I have to say all all those... There's so many shots that I loved that I just was like, and I actually want (laughs) to see see again. But what got me the most, what, what I just loved, and it was just something a bit simple but so cool, was Mothra swoops in, she uh, appears and helps rescue Godzilla after the electricity thing and webs at least uh, all three heads of Ghidra and Mm. one gets freed and it's trying to free the other two. And they're webbed up against this, uh, uh, skyscraper building that has all mirrored windows. And while it's trying to free its buddies in the reflection of the windows of the building, you see Godzilla behind (laughs) Kidra, uh the monster zero come up and then he just tackles them through the building. Mm-hmm. But I loved that shot of Godzilla in the reflection, but there's so many shots I loved in this, you know. I mean, cinematography-wise, they shot this like you want a monster film to be shot because you could see what was going on as well. Um, yeah, I, I dug it. I'm glad. Uh, you guys enjoyed it. There's enjoyment in here, folks. Uh, I'm always an advocate. Go see it for yourself. Even if, yeah, I know I review films, but I'll be the first to say, go go form your own opinion. Just go in and see it for yourself because we don't get, it's not too often anymore, I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong and you guys can say I'm full of shit and I'll totally accept it, but we don't get as many escapism just wild films like this anymore to where you just sit down and you can just watch it and it's just visual popcorn entertainment I don't think we get as many of those anymore because of the MCU and the superhero explosion yes those are big films too but they're part of something more in here I don't know I just felt like this was just one of those films you could just sit down and eat popcorn and forget the world for a while <laughs> Uh So, okay, my panel didn't say I'm full of shit, so hopefully uh, <laughs> I'm not too off on it. Maybe I am, and maybe you folks out there think I'm full of shit. You know, I, I'd love to see ratings on our iTunes and whatnot. Let us know what you think of this show. Uh We're going to wrap it up here, and this is where I give my panel the license to shill to where you can find out where they have stuff when they aren't here. So Dawn, please, I know uh, you haven't written something there lately, but you write beautifully and fantastic reviews. So where can people find your stuff at?
2: Um, on occasion, you can find me in the
0: She has a lot better grasp of the written word than I ever could. Uh, Please check it out. She's got great stuff there that you're going to be adding to your watch queue, going to the store, looking up and realizing, oh, damn, I might actually have to buy this indie film because this sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. Because Dawn gives some great perspective. Uh, And Paul, go ahead. Where can they find stuff for you?
1: Uh, I am taking a break uh, for a little while, but uh, you can uh, see uh, some of my stuff with a group called The Film Jerks is a wonderful group where we look at films like Little Old Ladies in a Book Club.
0: It's a great group. I've had the honor and the pleasure of being on a couple of those, but you should mm-hmm. listen. They do all kinds of interesting things with either trailers or full movies. Lots of cool stuff. They're on the Facebooks as well, so check it out. Check out Don and Paul's stuff. I thank you guys for uh, taking this talk with me. Uh, I needed to talk to someone about it because I was just... <laughs> To, I, I nearly, I did not. I was on verge of squeeing like a schoolgirl, but luckily my boys just looked at me, and that prevented me from probably doing that. And it was just as good the second time around. So, um, if you didn't like it, the movie, completely understand, no problem for my. I got respect for that, but for me, yeah, I'm definitely buying this one. So, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for watching. And now, let's just say good night, everyone.
1: Good night, everyone.
2: Everyone.
0: Hey, all my friends out there looking for more Spoiler Room goodness, then why don't you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash specialmark productions, where you can get access to exclusive Spoiler Room episodes and a whole lot more. You can also find us on Facebook groups at SMPRD and onto Twitter at SpecialMarkPro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the Spoiler Room as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support and remember in the Spoiler Room the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil
2: the movies.